0: What do we expect from Miles Bridges on the court now that he is eligible to return? We'll discuss that and the NBA rookie ladder all today on Locked On Hornets. You are Locked On Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, we live. We we (laughs)
1: live.
0: When we downsize... It's Locked On Hornet, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast, and that includes YouTube. Plus, we want to thank Jace Medical. This episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Uh, when you're purchasing your Jace case, you can empower yourself, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. That's Doug Branson. You can find him on his Substack, stack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. I'm Walker Mail. You can listen to me on WFNZ every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m. on Wes and Walker. You're smiling. I'll go to you before we get to the main convo. Why are you smiling?
1: Oh, because, um, uh, you know, I really admired the Jace case uh, for including all of those medications, but there's still no cure for the sickness that we have. I mean, we're talking, we're talking Zach Levine. We're looking for saviors from the Chicago Bulls. Like, I mean, the sickness is real, um, but the hope still remains. Yeah, once Jay's
0: case has an antibiotic for the sickness that is the Hornet sickness, then but buddy, I will be using that code quite a bit. Jay's dot Your number one surfer right here. Well, and look, we've talked a lot about the problem with Miles Bridges, him returning. We've discussed a lot of the off court stuff mm-hmm. because of his turning himself in to be arrested for felony domestic violence and not playing a game in over a year. Now you're talking about 92 games having come and gone without him having played a single contest. That's a lot. They're going to bring him back. They anticipate his return. We've heard absolutely nothing from the NBA since the alleged violation of the protection order. After that arrest, Mm -hmm. Steve Clifford has talked about miles bridges returning. And once he returns, He will play a significant role. So, you know our stance on Miles Bridges, whether he should be playing basketball right now, whether the NBA should be investigating more so, whether the Charlotte Hornets should release a statement. Besides, we will gather more information, no further comment. We've had a lot of that discussion, Doug. They are going to be playing basketball with him on the floor. He is going to be playing a significant role. We know that. Steve Clifford didn't even have to tell us that before. We already knew that what is Miles Bridges going to bring to this team on the basketball court that allows the Hornets to give us that answer really of this is our acquisition, uh, right? Like this is the guy that is going to be so different, hopefully with the injury luck being on our side, which it really hasn't been this year, but injury luck not going as bad as it was last year and Miles Bridges. It felt like those were the two things they were going to depend on and the number two pick Brandon Miller. I should put that in there as well. Miles Bridges being a big part of it. What are we going to see from him?
1: Well, if it's the same Miles Bridges uh, that we saw you know, in, in his last season, then you're getting somebody who is uh, a really good and improving ISO score. You can throw him the ball and ask him to go get you a bucket uh, front you know back a guy down into the elbow turnaround around jumper I mean he's got a lot of he was developing a lot of the same package that we've seen from Gordon Hayward except you add on to that the high flying the dunks the athleticism uh the, the ability for him to catch you know a lob on a sidelines out of bounds player or an after time out play or anything like that I mean you know you can you can run sets for him to go to the rim and, and get you a bucket uh, you know, defensively, he adds a little bit on the rebounding. I mean, he can guard primary scores. Uh, did have some issues sort of falling asleep on backdoor plays uh, that, that we were putting a microscope on. His three-point shooting went down in, his, uh, in the last season that we saw him. So, you know, but, but the, the big problem with trying to evaluate this walker is we haven't seen him in a long time. And what, is, what does that mean when a guy misses that much time and there's this weird, I think, collision between what you hear from his fellow teammates who are all saying, you know, PJ saying, I can't wait for you to see this guy. And uh, you've got uh, Steve Clifford saying, you know, he stayed ready. He looks good. But you also hear all these people talk about, like, getting into game shape. And there's nothing like playing basketball games. You know, you can't simulate it. You can't, you can't get ready to play basketball games on the practice floor. You hear that all the time when guys come back for injury. What if a guy's missed, you know, more than a year of basketball? What does that mean? I, I don't honestly. I think the answer to my the answer to the question is a huge question mark. We just don't know what we're going to get out of this guy.
0: I was listening to Doc Rivers, who's been joining Bill Simmons quite a bit since he's not coaching. Uh, and it's it's pretty fascinating, by the way, just to hear the uncandid thoughts, or I should say, the candid thoughts from Doc Rivers on James uh, Harden on everything going on with uh, last year with Philadelphia. One thing he said, though, that we can apply to this situation, it's that I don't care who you are, if you miss over a year, it's going to take you some time to get back to form. Right. It's going to happen with Miles Bridges. I-, I can't expect him. There might be the adrenaline, maybe even in the first couple of games, but I, it's not crazy to say the adrenaline, the hype up, the the newness will have him ready to go for game number one against Milwaukee too, uh, a big, big time competition against the bucks. So maybe that's going to happen, but maybe those stats drop. If you go with a five game sample size, 10, 15, and then he goes, he increases those stats. Once again, that's something that I could see with miles bridges. Yeah. I I think, you know, with, with miles coming back, I think you have somebody that's an absolute force in space. You know, you get him in transition. He and LaMelo have an excellent two-man game. Mm -hmm. I think those two guys, one thing that could be compromised in other situations, I don't think we'll hear, and that's chemistry. LaMelo and Miles know how to play ball together. Even with Steve Clifford as the head coach, even with a couple of new pieces that Miles isn't familiar with, Mark Williams, big deal. Brandon Miller, not as much of a big deal. I think Lamello and miles know how to play with one another as does PJ PJ can space it. You know, they're both playmaking enough to where they can feed off of each other. And speaking of PJ, Doug, if you wanted to go to the sound, uh, I got to talk to Steve Clifford about the smaller lineup, right? We've seen the opposition go five out and we've questioned, why aren't you going to PJ Washington at the five? Well, Borrego, when he did it and the lineup and the numbers were good, it was because he had miles bridges at the four Feels like Steve Clifford feels the same thing. Here's the clip from Steve Clifford about when P.J. goes to the five, at least at the moment before Miles was eligible to play, there was a talent deficiency. When we downsized with P.J. at the five, the talent level on the floor for us is significantly less. And, you know, with all the injuries, you know, with Terry, with uh, Cody, with Frank, all those guys being out, um, you know, we've got to keep enough offense on the floor. They're going to have that with miles. That's the idea. And I wonder if they go to that a little more so, but we also know Steve Clifford wants to have a winning formula for the postseason. He views that as having a true five. I think those are the things I expect Doug with miles bridges returning and how much he'll be able to contribute right away. I think you're going to get a, a year long off wall instead of the rookie wall. You're going to get the year long sit out slash suspension wall and then maybe he ramps it up from there. And I think for the most part, he'll develop chemistry. That'll still be there with a couple of the guys that are mainstays. And he'll figure out the rest.
1: I think if they go into this game against Milwaukee with the same kind of injury list, then I would expect them to start right away um, if he's available. Uh, because they've got no other choice. I mean, you look at the talent level across the board, they, they would have no other choice but to start him. What will be interesting is to see if what Clifford says in terms of him having an immediate you know, big role on the team. What that equals in terms of minutes, just because of him having to ramp back up after so long. And and again, I understand he's been practicing with the team. He's been, he was in. You know, of course, he saw it on social media. I mean, even when he wasn't uh, with the team before he signed. I mean, he was you know constantly posting stuff about you know playing uh, five on five, three on three, whatever. You know, with with different guys around the NBA in the off season. So it isn't like he's been sitting around on the couch eating Cheetos, you know, this entire time. I'm sure, you know, physically he is in some kind of shape, but he's is he in game shape? You know, I think that's something that we'll just have to wait and see on. But he was the leading scorer uh, two seasons ago, and so uh, that's that's what you're getting, and that's what he means there when you're talking about adding an offensive talent. It's somebody that if he's got it going, the defense has to account for him. It's a guy that we saw under Borrego. I mean, teams were throwing doubles to. and you know we've we've talked a lot about the depth on this team I mean defenses are just having it easy with the Charlotte Hornets right now and the Hornets generally have a a a decent offense I mean I think I think they're like top 10 in points per possession but when the game gets when the game's on the line like you saw against Miami defenses have an easier time when they look across and they go okay you know double LaMelo off the pick and roll uh, you know, let PJ fly, but everybody else, we can kind of sag off and, you know, protect the rim at all costs. You can't do that with with Miles Bridges on the floor. So I, I, yeah, mean, I understand we, what Clifford's saying there.
0: Oh, yeah. No, look, Miles is a good basketball player with, with I mean <laughs> that, that when you lose a good basketball player, when you lose someone that was going to get 30 million dollars before he was arrested. That's that's a big deal to not have that guy on your team anymore, and then also not replace him. So some of this is on the GM, some of this is on the front office. A lot of it, depending on you know how much you think is actually on the shoulders of the front office. But you do know when you lose a player like Miles Bridges, it is going to affect the product on the court. Last thing for me, man, what, what's going to be fascinating for me to see is where is the shooting for Miles right now because. Mm-hmm. The outlier year is the good shooting year. The normal Mm -hmm. year for miles since he stepped foot into the league, it's at 30, uh, 33%, 32.5 is rookie season, 33 is sophomore campaign, 33, his fringe all-star season. Now the points per shot attempt, that's way up compared to all forwards, according to cleaning the glass, because he's been so much more effective. He got to the foul line a lot more last season. Also the outlier year, but maybe because it's the most recent, maybe that could be a trend. I actually do think that's going to be a trend because of the yeah. way that he played. That There was a fundamental difference in him getting to the foul line more, where the shooting, I the volume went up and the percentage went right back to where it was the first two years in the league. This is a team that needs shooting, Doug. I, I, want, I, want, I, think, I, I, I think the volume goes down for Miles because LaMelo is coming into his own again. Gordon Hayward isn't doesn't have a long-term injury. Terry Rozier doesn't have a long-term injury. Brandon Miller on the court, he's going to be there for the spot-up opportunities. P.J. Washington is there as well. I don't think the volume is going to be as high where he was right at 6, 5.8, but it's all about, okay, you bring that down. Does the percentage go back up? Because they need it. And if he doesn't have that, then, yeah, you're not, where else do you go? This is the place you go. This is the place you told us that you're going to go. If the shooting isn't there for him, then it's going to be a whole lot of attacking which is fine but it would be nice to have the shooting come with it.
1: Well exactly. I mean people remember the high flying dunks, you know, they remember the iso scoring from two seasons ago but I think the the Hornets would actually be more successful with Miles if he can come in and just knock down a couple of threes a game. Like if he's, if he's giving you, you know, 2 of 5, 3 of 7 from 3, like that's that would be uh, that would be pretty transformative for an offense that is really struggling to come back from deficits because they can't hit threes.
0: He's going to help. I mean, on the floor, he's going to help. He's going to help you go small. He's a talented player uh, defensively. We'll see. But I think you're right to bring up the rebounding. So also, is he the only help that the Charlotte Hornets are going to bring? You know, it, <laughs> do you actually expect them to do something even more so before the season's end? Let's discuss it a little more coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast.
1: Don't go to sleep on the Hornets
0: just yet. We talked about Zach Levine a little bit yesterday. There is, I don't know about an update, but another interesting thing to discuss, whether the Hornets should pursue Zach Levine or not. We'll get to it in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. You can score early this NFL season with America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, even more than that. Visit FanDuel.com slash and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. More Lockdown Hornets ahead. We were not as definitive as the second bullet point in our rundown yesterday when we had the Zach Levine discussion. We said, yes, it's not exactly anything that we are excited to go get. It would be fun to bring Zach Levine aboard when you consider what it would take to go get him. That's where I hesitate. It doesn't help defensively, but the dude is a fantastic scorer. Not even all that old, 28 years old, making a lot of money. We went all over that. But now there is a definitive bullet point saying you do not want a Zach attack. Doug, you are the one that creates the bullet points. Why did you put that in there coming in second?
1: I think most of the comments that we got on the episode were very anti bringing in Zach Levine. I think there were a yeah, few were. there was a smattering of of people that were on board with the idea of hey, you can't be choosy when you haven't made the playoffs in 7 years, you haven't won a playoff series in uh, over 21 years. Like it's 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 really difficult to be choosy about the kinds of talent you bring in. Just bring in more talent when there is opportunity like there is with the Chicago Bulls seemingly imploding and, and a lot of their star players that they've acquired over the years available in in trades. And, but I think to the people that were anti-Levine, they, I think it was broken into two reasons. One, fit, because you've already got Brandon Miller. Can you play those two guys together? The Hornets seem obsessed with getting Miles Bridges back on the floor. But look, Miles Bridges is going to be an unrestricted free agent next offseason, So you have to take that into consideration as well. Uh, Don't know if the Hornets would even be in the driver's seat because the negotiations between Miles Bridges' team and the Hornets seemed uh, maybe a little bit contentious there at the end when the qualifying offer was finally signed by Bridges, making him an unrestricted free agent next season. So you can't really take – I don't think you can take that into consideration. Uh, But there would be some fit issues there. The other side of it would be from guys like uh, one of our favorite sickos, Chris – who wrote in, the only way you get me in on Levine is a deal where you also get Caruso, likely a Gordon, Terry, and Picks deal. You can't take a deal on that long with a guy who has knee issues and send out a Gobert-type package referencing the number of uh, picks. He also says you offset some of the defensive stuff, bring in Caruso, but you don't overstuff the wrong and negatively impact Brandon Miller's opportunity and the knee stuff is real Walker it's as real as last night when uh, he went to the bench against Orlando and had his left knee wrapped I mean there's a there is a history of knee injuries with Levine which would have to concern you if you're talking about how many first round picks you're going to give up to bring in a guy like Zach
0: well and I think I, I was listening to the Zach Lopod yesterday listening to a lot of basketball pods yesterday a little um, Zach on but, Zach
1: we get a little uh, Zach
0: on Zach Zach commented on Zach. It was double Zach attack. It was Zach to Zach. So when you had low discussing Levine, he was discussing how, yeah, don't be surprised if you don't get a big old haul in return because of that mm-hmm. knee injury. Like there are people that are still a little w- worried about it. We got enough injuries. I, I, I get it. If, if you think the risk is worth taking, there is that argument. And I hear you on that. I'm with you, though, Doug. I the, the injury risk is just too much for my little old heart to take anymore. Like I can't do it with all yeah. of what the Charlotte Hornets are experiencing with LaMelo, with this year, Terry, Gordon, Brandon. And thank God they're not long-term injuries, but they're enough to mess your record up in the first 10 games of the season. So if you have another one, that's going to really hurt.
1: I think you and I would be having a different conversation had Brandon Miller not come out and played like he did you know, to open the season where you go, wow, okay, this guy is not only showing me what people were telling me he was going to do, uh, including the team, but also, you know, people who were scouting before the draft. But he's also doing a few things that they didn't even expect him to do in terms of, I think, his athleticism, getting up uh, to the rim, things like that. There are a few things where you go, wow, I didn't even expect either that or that to that level. okay. And so there is a lot of promise and promise can come with Uh, A little patience, you know, you you could choose to have some patience about it. And so I think the Hornets, you know, seeing what they have in Brandon Miller, a possible uh, superstar wing, um, I think, you know, they, they could afford to wait a little bit longer. It's just difficult, I think, for fans who have been waiting a long time to say, hey, pass up this opportunity to bring in. Bring in talent. And then you look at the rookie ladder, and yeah, they're, they're a little short on Brandon Miller right now. They've got Victor Webb one, Chet Holmgren two, um, Asar Thompson three, Jordan Hawkins four, Derek Lively fifth, and down at sixth, it's Brandon Miller and the NBA Kia rookie ladder. Sixth below okay. Lively, Hawkins, and Thompson. I don't know about that, Walker. I don't know about that.
0: All right, let's discuss it a little bit more. Coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast.
1: Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet.
0: Does the NBA rookie ladder have it correct? Is Brandon Miller really the sixth best rookie as it stands right now in the NBA? We'll get to that in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. We spend a lot of time talking together. You and I, me and Doug, the listeners, all of us. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits. I'm thankful for that connection we have. I really am. And today, I want our chat to be a little more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. You realize what that means, right? You can bring it on extended travel. You can bring it on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue. You're covered, my friend. You don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, anything like that. And this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply On your daily medication, remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer did have this to say about Jace. Quote, I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. End quote. If you or someone you love would love to get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to JaceMedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your purchase. Again, that's LOCKEDON for $20 off your purchase at JaceMedical.com. One more segment to go. Locked on Hornets. Data Doug showing up in the final segment, bringing us some interesting stats, some more nuggets like Gollum yesterday, those precious nuggets, and bringing us the NBA rookie ladder, showing us a little bit earlier that Brandon Miller was sixth on that NBA rookie ladder. Doug, what kind of stats you got for us today?
1: Well, he dropped two spots. He was fourth on the last rookie ladder, Uh, and the, the blurb for it is funny. It says sprained ankle in first 10 minutes versus Knicks. Missed Miami game on Tuesday. So there's your blurb uh, explaining why Brandon Miller is mm, yeah. down to sixth. That's how the um, ladder
0: is, too. It's it's minimal information. It's just ranking like it's, it's perfect because you just move guys up and down the list every week and you provide one sentence worth of information. And it doesn't even have to be information. It could just be words. It could just be, you know, a a. Uh, Bitcoin password for your bread wallet. Like that's all it could be just a bunch of different words in there. And it actually mean nothing.
1: Yeah, look, I'm going to kind of move him up the ladder until I figure out where he stops. And we first come to Derek Lively, and I get the impact that he's had on that team. He's starting on a good team. It's, it's t- but so, you know, it's it's tough to argue with that. But he's also playing with Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. Things get a lot easier for you when you're playing with two superstars. So I got Brandon Miller above Lively. Jordan Hawkins, I mean, yes, you know, he's a high-volume high scorer, but he's shooting 37.7% from the field. Get out of here. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So he's above Jordan Hawkins. Okay. That's might be where I stop. I just don't think they should have gone from four to six because, I mean, look, Asar Thompson, the things that he's doing in terms of rebounding and blocking shots uh, from the forward position or from the, I guess, I don't know, guard position, um, is kind of crazy what he's doing in Detroit. And then you're not going to argue with, with Wimby and, and Holmgren. So right now I think I, th- I still think he's the fourth best rookie, and, and I don't think this ankle injury is going to – Uh, keep him out for very long. So I I think he'll make his way back up the ladder pretty soon.
0: I thought you were going to do that thing where you find an excuse for him to continue to move up and up and up and up, and then even, yes, have him pass Wimby. I thought that might be the thing. But you stopped at four, which is respectable.
1: Well, Wimby, I think the Spurs are 0-4 this past week. So, you know, win a ball game, why don't you? Okay.
0: Yeah, all right. Now we're at number one. It just took a little nudge for Brandon (laughs) Miller to get up there at number one. All right, so I'm going to go back to a basketball podcast. How about that? Let's go back to Zach Lowe, who had a quote on Brandon Miller. I think he had Mo Dakeel on, and they were discussing uh, just all of the rookies and what they were able to do so far at the beginning of the season. James Plowright put this quote out there, so thank you to James for making sure this quote is on Twitter. I'll try to shorten this up, but here's what Lowe had to say as they were going through all of the rookies. Brandon Miller just looks the part, man. He's long, smooth. They put him on a lot of elite ball handlers. Jalen Brunson, you got to go guard him. Kyrie, maybe switch on to Luca. He's getting hung up on screens every now and then. But he's game for that, and he has all the tools for it. Offensively, he doesn't get to run with the ball all that often. Nine pick and roll possessions per 100. It's LaMelo's show, then Gordon. Then somewhere down the line, it's Brandon Miller's show. Mm -hmm. Typically, that means he's spotting up off the ball, attacking a closeout. And his go-to is a catch fake one dribble pull up. Eventually they'll turn into more drives and more kicks, but the ball, uh, but the pull up looks nice. The shooting is as advertised. Last thing here, I think 13 points per game, four rebounds. He's careful with the ball and doesn't turn it over. He's already looking like a solid NBA role player at a position with size and defensive want to that. Every good team is going to need. That's the floor 10 games in End quote. So, yeah, high praise from Zach Lowe. It, there wasn't the wow factor with Brandon Miller when talking about Asar Thompson, when talking about even a Marcus Sasser. There, there were a couple of other rookies that they were excited to talk about a little bit more so. Yeah. But they did say, Brandon Miller looks like a really good pick. Another thing real quickly, Doug, Zach Lowe said, there's perhaps no team that needs their first round selection to hit more than the Charlotte Hornets need Brandon Miller to hit.
1: <laughs> well in the, pati-
0: just- yeah, in the
1: particular way that they need him to hit they need mm-hmm. him to hit not in a role player way not in a guy that's going to spend you know 10 to 12 years in the nba as a starter kind of way i mean they need they need a superstar they need a player uh that can dominate the ball you can throw it to them and win games in the same way that jimmy butler won that game against charlotte Four-point lead, hey, let me just throw it to you. You're going to go get us a basket. We know it. Or you're going to get to the line, get easy points, and we're going to win this ball game. Tough night for Miami, but they won the game. And the reason they won the game is because they have a Jimmy Butler. Brandon Miller can turn into that kind of player. It's going to take some time, but probably not as much time as I thought it would take. Uh, I think he's getting there uh, quicker than a lot of people thought he would get there. So um, super exciting. I've got another, I hope people suck around for the end of this episode because I've got another nugget for you that's going to excite a lot of fans of Brandon Miller and fans of him remaining in the starting lineup. Are you ready for this stat? Yeah, let's hear it. So there are 45 five-man lineups that have played at least 100 possessions so far this year. According to Cleaning the Glass, of those 45 lineups, the Hornets starters with Brandon Miller uh, at the two position are 19th in point differential of 45 at plus 2.3. It doesn't sound great, 19, but it's one of only 23 lineups out of those 45 that has a positive point differential, Mm -hmm. meaning they're scoring more points than they're letting go. And the Hornets starters with Rozier, on the other hand, 37th of 45 with a point differential of minus 18, uh, dead last on that list. Uh, yeah. The Chicago Bulls without Alex Caruso, so going Who is to a the lot guy of the, that we
0: want. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> well, was, yeah, Levine. Now the the Bulls starters with Caruso, I think even did a little bit better than that Brandon Miller lineup, but. Yeah, Caruso very valuable to the Bulls and you know a lot of people talking about will they will they give him up. And so, you know, and Chris I think was pining for the Hornets to go after Caruso. So there's a little bit more evidence there, but look, I mean if you're kind of looking at the numbers, if you're if you're Steve Clifford and you're kind of evaluating things, Brandon Miller is making it more difficult each and every game that he plays to leave him on the bench.
0: Yeah, absolutely is. Uh, Let's go to a Steve Clifford, Brandon Miller comment, just to end the show real quickly. I asked him about just Brandon Miller attacking because right now Zach's right. The, the, the go-to move for Brandon is, you know, wait for a defender to get by him shot fake at the three point line, take a dribble in and pull up from mid range. If he's scoring at the rim more often than not, it's a free lane to get there, which is great. He's recognizing the free lane to take it, or he's going uh, on cuts, but I ask him about driving and here's what Steve Clifford had to say about Brandon Miller attacking the basket more as his career goes on I think they're going to the basket thing is you know like a lot of guys in college a lot of times they're taught in college more to play off two feet which in this league doesn't work as well because it's slower um so i think as he gets more comfortable making that decision if there's a seam go off one he's so explosive versus gathering and playing off two where you know with the size in our league those a lot of times are blocked shots okay two feet one feet it's a thing man Uh, I know, Steve Clifford brings it up here. It's not the answer I expected, but here he is bringing it up where Brandon Miller going off one. It's, it's a little more dangerous because you don't have as much balance. And I think that's why they teach it. They teach that in high school too. go off two feet. They teach it in college, go off two feet it's too quick man people react too quickly defensively they're too long and so now that's what i'm
1: saying you then you play victor webanyama and you got to toss out whatever your high, high school coach said whatever your mm, co- college yeah. coach said now all of a sudden you're you're 1v1 with an alien with something with a life form that doesn't even calculate doesn't even make sense to your brain and you've got to change the way you play i mean that's that is the evolution It's what the NBA game is just completely different, Um, and 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 that especially goes for you know offensive players going up against NBA level defenses. As as much as people love the cliche of the NBA doesn't play defense, um, playing against an NBA defense with that kind of length and shot blocking ability is just you know in a different universe than it is in college, which
0: is fine right now for Brandon. By the way, it's perfect. Uh, Settle in the mid range. You're you're knocking him down, you know, settle, settle in the mid range. And then that, that allows, it's almost like the quarterback that can run really well staying on the field. So you use that to his ability. You use that a lot. You allow him to run the football constantly so you can buy time for him to be able to learn how to pass from the pocket. And instead of just taking him to the sideline because he's not throwing really well from the pocket. It's like Brandon Miller going out there, even if he's not getting to the rim a ton. And I, he actually is sometimes. It, it's not like it's not existent but he's settling for that mid-range a lot. It buys him time, and I think that's perfect. And so we'll see how that skill set develops as his career goes on. That'll do and- it. Go ahead. You got one other point.
1: Just that if he continues to knock down more three point shots, I mean, I love the mid range stuff. It's fun, and, oh, and it for will sure. it yeah, will turn him into a super wing because you see all the great wings right now they they've got mid range games. So you you they're three level scores. They can score inside, they can score mid range, they can score three point shots. But I'd love to see Brandon Miller and more opportunities to take threes and make them because it forces defenses to be more honest with him, and then he can use shot fake to not only get to the mid range but get all the way to the rim.
0: All right, that'll do it for Locked On Hornets. Appreciate you making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. As always, that includes YouTube. We don't have a game tonight. We do have our next game tomorrow. So we'll be back with you to preview that Charlotte Hornets game against the Milwaukee Bucks, another in-season tournament contest. Can the Hornets go two and one in the in-season tournament? Have a great rest of your day.